What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the One Day Outdoors podcast. We're glad you stopped by. We have a special guest in the house today, and we're just really excited about this episode. I got my buddy Kyle here, and he's going to give us a little insight on his life in hunting and all his background and some of his uh, tips and tricks and tactics and things like that. So uh, we appreciate having, having you here, Kyle. You can go ahead, man, and, and just go ahead and give us an introduction and tell us who you are and how you got into hunting and stuff. Sure, man. Um, my name's Kyle Smith. Uh, born and raised on the west side of Jacksonville. Uh, I've been in the outdoors, I mean, since I could walk. My dad's, you know, the avid outdoors, and I was very fortunate that, you know, he took me along with him. He was more of a fisherman than a bird hunter. Um, I mean, I fished literally as soon as I could walk, man. I was three, four years old. He was at work. My mom be tying my hooks. I wouldn't even know what I was doing. You know, I was down there catching, catching little pumpkin seeds, hooking them on and catching bass. And just, I was lucky. I, I grew up with a, a bunch of guys about the same age as me. And we always just ran the woods, man, hunted and fished our whole life. Um, but, uh, you know, I started actually, like when I got into hunting, I'd say, um, I started going with my dad when I was five, six years old. Uh, he always turkey hunted and duck hunted. So he used to make the rule. He'd be like, hey, he gave us an old 35 millimeter um, camera, you know, like that you do like photography with, you know. And I mean, it's back when you develop film, you know. Uh, I'm not that old, but uh, <laughs> I'll be 37 Saturday. So you can remember like the old, the old, you know, you had to roll the film, you put the back of it. So. Oh, He'd yeah. say, hey, if you can take a picture of the ducks when they're lighted into the decoys, like once you can get them in the frame, I'll let you start, you know, shoot. So obviously once I started getting pictures of ducks, you know, I think I was like eight or nine years old. He bought me a, a Bosper model 520 gauge, which, uh, not skipping ahead, but I actually killed a turkey with that same gun That's sweet. that I got when I was eight years old this year. So that was pretty cool. But uh, t- took it out of the closet and used it. But anyway, he got me a, a model 500 and um, never actually duck hunted that year. But when dove season came when I was nine, this is back before they built up the west side off of, uh, you know, like Blair and uh, Normandy. Um, Kenny Williams, like before all the subdivisions were built out there, he used to run cattle out there. And it's about where you can knock on the door and get permission, man. We went out there and knocked on the door. And he's like, hey, uh. I don't really want anybody hunting, but you can go shoot your shotgun. If you happen to see one fly over, you know, go for it. And so I go out there with my dad. We were blasting pine cones out of the trees. And, you know, nine years old, I was actually scared of the damn gun. I'll be honest with you. I was scared to pull the trigger, you know. And I finally, once I shot it, I realized it didn't hurt. I couldn't stop shooting it. But uh, I was just about out of bullets, man. And this is no lie. Two doves flew over. I pointed the gun in the sky, shot. My dad turned around and goes, all right, let's go to the house. And the damn dove fell right in front of him, man. I was hooked ever since. Like, oh, I just could man. not get it out of my blood. So that's kind of like the start. I just, I duck hunted for years, man. Like, I mean, so into it. And I'm sure people listen to this. There's any duck hunters, they remember, um, you know, PCS. Yeah, they you know, used to be Occidental. You know, we everybody called it Oxys and White Springs and, we all went out there. I mean, everybody, a lot, most people from the West Side Duck Hunter went out there. We used to hate that place. We always cussed it. And like, man, this place sucks. But, you know, now that it's gone, we didn't realize what we had, man, because now there's no more good duck hunting in Northeast Florida. We 
because the the grass, you know, there's no habitat here. But long story short, um, the duck hunting started, you know, getting, you know, suffering. Um, I mean, I remember the good old days when it was awesome. And uh, I always wanted deer hunt, man. My dad would take the deer hunt. I mean, he took the turkey hunt. You know, we spent a lot of time in the woods, but he just wasn't a deer hunter. And uh, a guy named... Um, I don't know if I want to put all this information out there, but an older fellow, a friend of my dad's, his name is Bruce Hall, anybody knows him, but he took me deer hunting when I was like 15, man. I was just about to get my license. And I remember we went to, and I remember I had an old piece of crap tree stand that was made out of damn flat bar metal, and it was like plywood with a lawnmower seat on it. No <laughs> safety harness, no nothing. And uh, I remember sitting up there, and I had 18 does come out under me. And I couldn't even breathe. And I had, a, I was 15, I was about to be 16. I had a 12 gauge with a buckshot. And of course, I never saw a buck. I never killed anything. But the feeling I got, I mean, I remember I'd have a thermos cells before all that. There were so many mosquitoes on me, man. I was getting bit up. I didn't even feel it. I was just jacked after that. And that's, that's kind of how I got started, man. And, uh, you know, obviously I, I did finally end up being successful. Um, and it was with a bow. So I honestly didn't even rifle. I didn't even kill my first deer with a rifle until I think it was 2017. I mean, I just was pretty much always a bow hunter and uh, always public land. Um, but that's that's kind of like how I got into it. I mean, I can tell some stories, but that's like my introduction. I just was like, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. And I had somebody point me in the right direction, but I never had somebody really show me until I got a little bit older. Um, I had some guys that took me under their wing, and they're like, you're a bow hunter, huh? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a bow hunter. And they're like, well, how many deer have you killed? And I'm like, I've killed three. And they're like, we kill three every time we sit. And I'm like, three every time we sit. And this is back when, you know, you can kill two bucks a day. And, um this particular group of guys, I won't name their names, and they're older guys, you know, they're in their 50s, 50s now. Um, but they were like, they hated gun hunters. They were all about bow hunting. They're like, man, if you don't bow hunt, you know, you're a sissy, which obviously I'm, I'm not that way. I don't care if you want to use a, a hand grenade, a spear, <laughs> a, bow, uh, a rifle, a bazooka for that matter. If it's legal and you're allowed to do it, I don't really look down on it. Dog hunting, whatever. I think we all, you know, should not hate on each other and kind of you know just just be all a brotherhood if we if we if we're, we're, we think like one's absolute i mean don't get me wrong i have my opinions everybody does but you know we got to band together so we don't you know run each other apart but you know long story short these guys really showed me like hey you need to set up and shoot off your left side you know taught me how to play the wind taught me how to read buck sign and I thought I was a hunter back then until I learned once I started hanging out with them I, I started killing some stuff so, but that's that's kind of my introduction man um you know and then just the, the rest is just like everything else in life you know just trying to do better than you did last year you know so yeah man that's that's I like that good introduction and uh we're going to pick your brain a little bit here today, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us, man, and, and giving us your time. We we value no time. I, mean, I don't claim to be, uh, just a full disclaimer, I don't claim to be some uh, big buck slayer or hunt master. I, I'm just a guy that likes to shoot a trad boat, man, and 
and uh, I like fish, and I just like things that are hard, man. I got ADD, and uh, <laughs> so once I once I like accomplish something, I'm like, what's the next thing I can do? You know, so it's it's almost miserable, you know, because most people are like. You know, well, I've killed plenty of deer. Now I'm going to go try to kill like a 150 in Kansas. I don't even give a shit about that, man. I'm all about friends, family, a good time. And I like to shoot deer. Right. Uh, I get a lot of slack from guys. They're like, oh, you know, let them walk, let them walk. And, and I did that for years. And, man, I almost quit hunting. And that's, that's how I picked up the trad boat, dude, because it made hunting fun again. It made shooting a 55-pound yearling fun. <laughs> right yeah that's where i'm at man i ain't no good hunter that's why i got this podcast so i can learn stuff from guys like you and i get inspired when i see you shoot it don't matter what side like to me because i post when i get on there and post my deer like i'm legit excited and happy even when it's a spike bro because i haven't been hunting long you know what that could be your last year exactly walking out the door tomorrow and uh you know you're sitting there walking and some idiots text and driving, boom, you get smoked, you're dead. So it's like if you're sitting there in the tree stand and you work all week and you work hard and it's a legal deer and you've got a license and the law allows it uh, and you feel good about that, yep. shoot it. That's right. Now, do I do that every time? Absolutely not. Right. I'm somewhere in Georgia or up there and I've only got two bucks and I'm seeing 10 does every time I sit, I'm probably not going to shoot the first thing that steps out. Right. Um, you know, but... If I'm around here and I'm in one of these man's bears and it's legal and I got a quota permit, I'm, I'm feeling that tag, baby. <laughs> you daggone right. Me too, man. I'm with you right there. Okay, so I want to get into – so since you're hunting with this travel, I know you got to get close. We all know that. And since you're oh, mostly yeah. doing that, I know you you got to be doing some type of scouting. So are you like – and I'm really big on scouting right now because that's where I'm at. I'm putting cameras out, and I'm sorry if everybody's tired of hearing about scouting, but – I want to get better never at scouting. Scout, never can scout enough, in my opinion. Right. So I want to know, like, what do you do? Do you have – one of my questions is, do you go back to historic spots that you've done a lot of good hunting in and kind of hang out and linger in them areas and keep checking places out? Or, and do you have a bunch of those spots saved up? It's Because that's what I'm kind of trying to do. I'm or, going to be 100% honest with you, man. I, I do. Um, I mean, I, so I look for new spots every year. I just do. Um, and it depends on where you're at. I mean, on public land, um, I mean, some public land, you can get away from people, you know. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm definitely not name dropping because there's places. No, don't do that. Unbelievable. And, uh, and they're still like that because people just don't know they exist, you know. Right. And then you start taking people and then they take people and then, uh, you know, it's ruined. But honestly, man, I, I I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I do hunt history a lot. Um, I call them meat trees. I've literally hunted the same trees in these particular, some of these particular management areas and killed deer in them every year. And if it ain't in the same tree, it's within 50 yards of the tree. Um, obviously, it's wind dependent, um, you know, because once you learn where the deer are coming from, which is hard in Florida, but when you get into like Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, you start going up there towards like, you know, just farther away to where the wind is not so unpredictable because you know here we're near the coast and you know it swirls all the time um you know you can kind of pattern the deer a little bit better especially in georgia um and that was the biggest eye-opener for me was discovering georgia but yeah i hunt a lot of history i really do um the problem is is with history is sometimes other people know about your history and then people get in your spot so i'm always 
when I'm in a spot, I mean, this is me personally, and like I said, I don't claim to be some, you know, hunt master. I, I've never even, you know, full disclaimer, I've never killed deer over 100 inches, but I've killed a lot of deer. I can tell you that. And I've killed a lot of deer with a bow, and I've got super close to them. Um, but part of that is because I've also never hunted, you know, I've just hunted Florida and Georgia and a little bit of Alabama. Um, and there's some good deer, and I've seen some good deer, but, you know, we're typically um, – typically not hunt with a rifle so um but you know me personally i'm just always looking at a spot like hey what if the wind blows from this other direction how can i set up like hey i need a north wind for this spot which in the winter time is predominantly going to be north northeast wind but what if a front comes through and the wind's blowing out of the west and a deer coming from the west well now i can't hunt it right common sense you know it's going to blow to them so i'm just always trying to figure out like plan B, plan C, like how can I still hunt the same core area but just kind of move on a different like a different position and that's really what I do man and then another thing I do is I just get on my phone man, I honestly and people laugh but I've done it a million times, I get on OnX or Google Google Maps, Google Earth and I just look for like little terrain features and like pinch points like I've always had a lot of success with pinch points man, if you can find like a block of woods and then like water that runs beside it and it's just like wet 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 and then all of a sudden here's this little spot where they can cross man oh my god it can just be especially in georgia like when you hunt along the rivers um up in georgia there's a lot of management areas that are along the river up there if you can find sloughs and like finger finger ridge uh like little finger ridges that kind of come down and meet where the deer have to cross and they don't want to cross that water um i think it can be a ridiculous you know like funnels you can just sit on it and see 20 deer sit um yeah but that's that's what i do i i got like the same areas i hunt um and you know i, I focus on them but i also look for feed trees man that's a big thing that the last five years i've gotten into is you know when i started i just i just thought when you found acorns that means that means, hey, there's deer going to come there, but that's not the case. I mean, there's a lot yeah, so of break that down. YouTube, like, you know, Robert Carter and Chris Spikes and guys like that that'll, I'm sure everybody's heard of them. I mean, you watch their YouTube videos. I mean, they, they find these hot feed trees, and it's true, man. I've literally watched it and, and went out and tried it, and it's amazing that the stuff you can learn on sitting those feed trees. Um, so that's kind of what I do, man. I just... I just scout and scout until I find the deer. And if I bump the deer out, I don't care. I'd rather bump them out and know they were there. And uh, if I don't kill them, at least I know where to be next time and next year. And I just drop a pen on my phone. And my pen, my phone looks like a damn uh, looks like <laughs> mine, like landmines on it. There's so many pens. <laughs> and, uh, and people are like, how do you know what's what? I just kind of, you know, write a little description next to it. And, uh, I, that's just what I do, man. I, you know, I just, I try to get, find something I know that works and just emulate it, you know? So like if, if for some reason I can't get to the normal kind of spots I like to hunt, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just go find something similar. Like I will look for something similar and, uh, you know, now with the e-bikes, man, that's just changed the game because you can cover so much ground. Um, so how but much? That's what I'm doing. I'm not doing a ton of scouting right now. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I like to fish too. So in the summertime, I really kind of hammer fishing. And then about, I like to wait until about a month before the season. Personally, I used to scout all year round and I was ate up with it. 
I'm like, oh man, you got to be in the woods, got to be in the woods. But I have honestly found, and, and this may rub people the wrong way, but for me personally, I like to find the freshest sign. If you go out and find sign and you find bucks right now, people run their cameras on private land. They got corn piles and they post their deer on social media and they're like, here's high tower or here's, you know, whatever <laughs> kind of names. People that name bucks. I just listened to that podcast today. Number one hit list buck, and then guess what? A week before the season, what does he do? He disappears. So I don't even do that anymore. I don't on my lease. I don't corn up nothing, man. I when we corn up, we corn the week before the season. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, on our private land, you know. It's uh, so I, you know, I mean, it definitely does not hurt, man. I would say you can never shout enough. Uh, but just me personally, you know, and also you get like, you almost get burnt out. If you go out there and run around and just get all jacked up. And I mean, you're, you're as bad as that buck when you're chasing a doe, you know, you just, you get burnt out because you get so amped up and you build all these thoughts up in your mind. And then it comes time to hunt and either that deer is gone or somebody else, you know, got lucky that didn't do any scouting that hunted. 
I hate setting up in the dark, especially like the first time. And, and you know, I, I do both. I saddle hunt and do hanging hunts with walk on. And I don't care how good you are and the one stick method and all this other crap. It's just hard to go in there blind in the dark. I mean, honestly, if you're going to laugh, and this is just me, I honestly would rather walk in as it's breaking daylight. I'm not scared of the dark or anything. It just works for me. So I can see what I'm doing. I'm not fumble bumping around. And if I find a good feed tree like that, I'll just climb in. I've climbed up before as it's getting daylight, made racket like crazy. Everything gets settled in. I got my buddy that's next to me, texting me. He's like, dude, we ain't going to see shit because of you. You're an idiot. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, basically what, what ends up happening is, is, you know, a freaking 100-inch buck, you know, walk right past me. You know, I mean, it, it just... I think sometimes just coming, going in quiet, undetected, is more, you know, um, it's more effective than trying to get in there super early before dark and just making a ton of noise and everything. You know? But uh, no, you definitely will know a good feed tree when you find it. You'll see deer activity everywhere. You'll see a lot of poop. And honestly, man, I find a lot of buck sign near the feed trees. You talk about emphasis on rubs and scrapes. I hate buck sign because I find it over and it's just never really paid off. But rubs are different. Um, I don't really sit on scrapes, but if I find a bunch of big rubs that's leaving us some thick stuff, yeah, usually you find a nice buck cruising the edge of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that's or two. You know, he's laying a lot of sign down right there. Yeah, that's what I've had. I've, I'm, I'm learning that. Like them rubs are, they pay off. Something about them scrapes. They like hitting them at night, and like maybe in the middle of the day you might get lucky. I've seen on the scrape, but like uh, what a, uh, another thing I wanted to, I definitely have seen them bucks cruising like on them scrapes though that's what i've mostly hunted and had success on myself um rubs rather so i wanted to ask have you um done much hunting in north georgia at all or how how high up in georgia have you gone because i just started hunting georgia last year and i had a couple couple deer uh those that i shot but what what do um how far up have you gone and stuff and how much have you explored yeah, no, I'm, i hunt more like uh southeast georgia and then um like middle georgia and kind of yeah more up towards like uh i mean i guess i kind of go i guess you would consider it still ain't really north georgia because to me north georgia is like the piedmont area like once you get past like augusta and you're way up there near like blue ridge and the mountain area and all that that that's like north georgia to me i've been out there and never seen another truck and uh and that's where the e-bike comes in you know it's it's a lot of walking but if you got an e-bike I mean, man, that's, it's just, it just cuts off. And the thing is, is like, people give me a lot of shit because I'm a runner. You know, I run a lot and uh, they're like, oh, you're in good shape. You don't need that bike. And I'm like, look, man, that bike simplifies. Like when it, in the summertime, when it's hot, I don't give a damn if you're Cameron Haynes. Listen, yeah. you come down here in the humidity and you walk your ass off with freaking 20 pounds of stand on your back and a pack and water and and a, and a bow and all this, dude, you're going to get, I don't care the shape you're in, humidity is going to beat you down and kill you. It just is. Yep. Um, so me personally, you know, I like the e-bike. It's more of a comfort thing for me. I can, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You know, you get that feeling, you get to your spot, you get up the tree, and it's like your heart rate's elevated because you've had to climb your ass up the tree and, and you're freaking breathing heavy. you got mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. All over you. You're hot. It's 90 degrees sweating your ass off and you're like this is stupid why yep. am i doing this 
and I literally tell myself every year, I'm like, this is why people don't hunt until November. And, uh, but you know, I still have such that desire to do it. You're so amped up. So man, I've honestly learned that it's better to wait until it's optimal conditions or go in the afternoons or go early in the mornings and just, I'd rather get one or two good hunts than try to get five shitty hunts. That's the way I look at it. I like and, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously nobody's going to miss opening day, but man, if I think it's going to rain its ass off, I just don't go. I mean, I don't. I will, uh, I'm not like a partier, but I definitely like to, uh, the, the hunt camp life. And listen, man, there's always college football on. I'm not a huge football guy, but there's always something to watch or, or your buddies or man, I would just stay back and cook for everybody and just drink, drink some beer at camp and just cook for people, you know, because it don't get dark until nine o'clock. You know how it is. So it's yeah. like when you get back, if you try to cook, you don't eat till 10, 30, 11 o'clock and then you sleep like shit. Yep. Because your stomach's all full. You got to nail the damn, uh, you know, the toms and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, we'll either pre-cook our meals and just have them ready to go to where we can just heat them up or eat them cold. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, or all, one of us will stay back and cook. Or we'll do like a crock pot meal. And so that's what I'm saying. I mean, not to kind of jump from all these different subjects, but, you know, it's just uh, I, I try to make it count when you go to hunt. And that's, you know, the whole public land, the e-bike thing, that's where I think it's more of an advantage. It just gives you that comfort. You can stay out longer. Um, you can get to your spot quicker and you don't have to sweat your butt off, you know? So, yeah, man, I get it. And, uh, so that's, that's the most use that I've been hearing about the whole e-bike thing is that just getting to your spot without laying down that scent and different things like that is just going to be real well, helpful. Not even that. It's like what I was just talking about, the weight on your back. And just uh, just think if you're an older fella, too. That's what I like about it. It's like, my dad doesn't have one. I'm like, oh, man, you should get one. You know, you're 16. He's like, I don't need that shit. You know, I'm a badass. I ain't like you young guys. And I'm like, hey, listen, it takes you 37 minutes to walk all the way back there. But if you had an e-bike, it takes two minutes. So you can sleep for another 20 or 30 minutes, which early season you know it's good as well that, that's gonna pay off you know oh yeah it's uh, so damn early your game out man like i don't really pack beer i kind of take the approach like a lot of the you know carters and chris bikes and i pack them out you know especially now with the new laws you got to debone them anyway um and why would you drag it out to go back to the woods and dump it um Sometimes it's like our private piece. We'll take them back and skin them because we got a skinning rack and all that. We'll drink beer, take pictures and stuff. But if I'm public land, I cut it up right there on the spot and pack it out. And with the e-bike, it's just another tool in your tool belt to where you can just pack it out and get out of the woods, you know, without, um, you know, having to do all that stuff. So. Yes, sir. So let's get let's get into more of that traditional stuff. I know I got a couple of buddies that want to hear about it, um, like getting into it. So, like, what is the cost to get in, and what should I go buy if I want to get me one? Because I've been looking at some on the internet. Like, what what matters most? Should I really put interest in my arrows and how I cut them and what I put yeah, on them, yeah, all that stuff? Sure, sure. So, so there's a couple different things you can do. The, the traditional thing, obviously, I'll just kind of explain why I got into it, how I got into it, how to get started. So, back to this whole big buck thing, you know, I'm not going to shoot it unless it's 135 inches, and what does he score, and, you know, 
Um, excuse my language, try to keep it PG, but I just think a lot of these guys, it's a, you know, who's got the biggest one? But it really is because, it, you know, you see these same guys every year. They hunt all year and they kill this giant deer and they post on Facebook. It's like, okay, what are you going to do for the rest of the year? You spent all this money. You flew out to Kansas or whatever. You shot a giant buck. Well, now you're done. Man, I like to go every single weekend. So, and the reason I'm bringing this topic up is this is how I got into traditional hunt, you know, bow hunting. So, um, I was getting tired of it, and the kind of the crowd that I run with, they're, they're all about shooting, you know, not let it rain on anybody's parade, and I know a lot of my buddies are good hunters. They kill some freaking mega giants. A lot of them kill them on public land, and I won't drop their names, but I'm sure people that listen to this know a lot of them. And, um, but I, I called a buddy of mine up, and, uh, I said, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, man, I'm shooting this bow. I'm having so much fun. And um, he, uh, you know, he's like, uh, you need to come shoot this bow. And I said, uh, what is it? He goes, you just need to come see it. It's this new bow I got. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm thinking he got, like, you know, a brand new friggin', you know, bow tech for $2,000. This guy had Garmin sights, everything. I mean, you know, it's, the technology nowadays is ridiculous. I mean, it might as well be a crossbow. And, uh <laughs> I get over there. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you at the house. I was coming from fishing. I'm like, all right. I get to my house, and this son of a bitch has like a damn Indian bow, is what I called it. And I heard <laughs> it off. I'm like, and he shoots it, and I swear it was going so slow, I could literally stand in front of it and jump out of the way. I'd laugh my ass off. I said, you can't kill a deer with that thing. He's like, you're wrong. He's like, yeah, you can. And uh, he had never even killed anything with it, so he was just getting into it. And uh, I was making fun of him and I called him Robin Hood. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> you know, I'm just <laughs> typical, you know, just typical what most guys would think about it. Yeah. And uh, it was going so slow, Trevor. I'm like, there's no way you can kill a deer with this thing. <laughs> and, uh, so I picked it up and it was like a 42 pound bow. And I picked it up and I shot it and uh, I nailed the target with it. And I'm like, damn, you know, that was fun. And uh, I still was skeptical, though. I'm like, you know, you can't kill anything with it. And I think this was like, this was the end of the season. So this was, uh, this was like the end of 2019, 2020. So it was right when COVID happened, too. And um, so there was still some season left in Georgia, like a week of season anyway. He sent me a picture of like 120-pound hogs that he shot, and he got a complete pass-through with a 42-pound buck. Wow. And I'm like... How close were you? He goes, I was about four yards. And I'm like, holy shit. What you know, the like, okay, hell? This, this might be something. And um, so I met him again. I shot him again. At this point, I'm, I'm getting like where I could hit the target. But like I was very inconsistent, you know. And uh, I said, you know what? I, I told myself, he'd call me every day and tell me how much fun he had. He was shooting all these hogs up. And he killed a couple hogs with it. And I'm like, you know what? I've been hunting all this time. Like, I was literally getting out of it. I got to where I didn't even really want bow hunting more. I was just rifle hunting. And um, I said, you know, I let all these deer walk, man. Tons of deer. Deer that all of us would have shot, you know. I mean, 100 inch, 105, 110. I'm like, I'm letting deer walk that I've never even killed before. Because I've never killed one. I've killed one that's like 90, 93, I think. 93 inches, and another one that was like 88, a bunch of, you know, like between 60 and 70. That's big. I mean, they're, they're not here, you know, for Florida and Georgia, but, you know, you know how these hunting club guys are. They're not going to shoot it unless they're 125 and, you know, four four years or older. And Anyway, long story short, 
he's like, man, he goes, I'm going to shoot a U and if it's got spots, I'm going to drag it through the mud. I started cracking No. <laughs> you know, I started cracking Obviously, it was a figure of speech. He, he, this guy wouldn't do that. But right. uh, he's like, this legal, I'm shooting it. And he's sending me his pictures. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy one. So he had a black hunter and getting talked about getting started. You can literally buy them on Amazon. They're like $110, dude. They come with, um, you know, the string, everything. I mean, setting it up is a different story, but, um, so, you know me, I'm big macho, man. I'm strong. So I think, you know, the workout and all that. So I, I'm like, I'm ordering a 55 pound bow. And he goes, that's way too much weight. You know, I pull 70. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm a badass, blah, blah. So I thought, <laughs> and he's like, I'm telling you, you're going to be overbowed. I'm like, no, I'm not. I know what I'm doing. He's like, I've been doing this shit for a year already. Trust me. I should have listened to him, but I didn't. So I bought a 55. I got it. I shot it like five times, dude. I thought I was having a heart attack the next day. I had so much chest pain. Just because, you know, you, you got to build up to it. Right. So anybody listening, if you want to start out, buy a 40 to 45-pound bow for your first bow. And I don't care if you bench press 350 pounds. You have to work on your form at first and get proficient. It's not like a compound where you just snatch it back and it breaks. I mean, you, you're holding, your shoulders is your let off. <laughs> so, long story short, I sold that bow to some guy on uh, Northeast Florida Outdoors. I mean, I only shot it like seven times. I just got my money back out of it. And he had like four bows at the time. So I bought a Black Hunter it was a 42 pound bow from him and i mean when i say i shot it i shot it until i broke it i mean i literally shot it shot it so i broke it had to put new limbs on it i shot it till the limbs fell off like literally so i got to where i could hit um you know like a cup and uh the guy showed me how to tune your arrows because you can't just get it and go buy arrows so yeah tell us about that step, yeah so the next step is is you buy a bow right and you know, it's not like hunting where you just go buy some arrows. You've got to actually fill your arrows. And um, so, so, so you've actually got to build, build your arrows. And it, it's not something like where you can just go to Green Acres and say, hey, I need 55, 75, 50, 70 pounds. So basically what you got to do is you're like, okay, let's just, I'll take a 45-pound bow, for instance. We'll just use that as an example. Um, so you get a 45-pound bow. Um, your draw length, most people with a trad bow is going to be like 27, 28 inches. Um, you know, you're probably going to want, and there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, Clay Hayes, um, Chris Bice, Robert Carter. There's a lot of good stuff on how to do it. But basically you almost want to start off with an arrow that's too stiff. Um, and then, you know, you can, you can kind of, uh, you know, weaken it up basically um or, or vice versa you can get one that's uh actually you'd rather to be honest you'd rather be weak i mean it really doesn't matter either one i like to get an arrow that's actually weak um that's a full length so i'll give you an example you take a 500 spine arrow that's full length so what is that 32 inches 33 inches 34 depending on the end the manufacturer um and you want it heavy because you don't have a lot of power so I would start with like 100 to 150 grain brass insert and then 100 grain broadhead, right? So now you've got um, 250 up front. I personally use for all my setup 100 grain insert. Um, so not stock ones that come with it, but 
basically the um, you know the the gold tip brass ones. Yep. And uh, so you glue those in, right? And then I like to put 150 grain in there. So on a full length arrow, you you'll sit there with no fletchings on it, bare shaft, and you'll shoot it at the target, right? So it's either going to be weak or it's going to be strong. If it's strong, that means it's too stiff, right? So imagine, um, you know, if you tried to throw something and it had no bend in it, okay, it, it, it doesn't flex. It means it's strong, right? So it's going to kick to the right or to the left, you know. So you'll be able Correct. to tell if it's weak or strong. So the way you change that is if it's strong, you got to add point weight, right? So if the air is too strong, you might need to get some 200 grain tips, like just field points, and then shoot it. And if it turns weak and it starts kicking the opposite direction, then you got to start cutting a little bit. You know, you're basically you're tuning your arrow because there's no arrow that you can just buy and get close. Right. Um, so then you can take the knock off the back of it and you would just cut little, you know, quarter inch to half inch increments and shoot it again. When you get that arrow flying perfect, with, I'm talking no fletchings. When you get it right, you can shoot it at 20 yards with no fletchings, and it'll fly like a dart. I mean, it may be a touch weak. That's really what you want. Um, you don't want it strong, obviously, because it's strong. You just got to keep adding point weight. And that's why it's important to kind of um, – I wouldn't buy 400-grain arrows. I'd buy, like, 500 and go from there. Uh, the best thing to do is buy, like, a 500 spine and a 400 spine and a bunch of different um, points to try your point weight and then glue the inserts in and just build one of those arrows. Most guys go out and buy a dozen arrows, and it's like, well, you just cut them all up. Now nobody can use them, and you're just kind of shit out of luck. Um, another thing is, is just go to, uh, you know, go to somewhere like a, an archery range or like a traditional shoot. Um, North Florida Archery has a bunch of guys up there that can help you out. Um you know, and just kind of learn from them because they'll tell you about all the mistakes that they already made. But once you build your arrows, you know, go ahead and glue your fletchings on and, um, you know, make sure it still flies good. And, I mean, that's really it, man. Uh, but the, half the battle with the trad bow thing is just getting everything dialed in. It's not like a compound where you can screw an expandable on and buy any arrow and go out and kill something with, like, five shots. It's a lot of practice. You really got to be into it. You got to say, hey, I've hunted for a long time. I'm bored. Uh, I don't like, you know, shooting this compound bow anymore. I'm going to switch to this. So, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. It's not for everybody. Um, but the feeling you get when you're successful with something like that, oh man, um, it's you just can't even describe it. Actually, my next thing is going to be to kill one with a stone point. So, I've killed... Um, five deer with my trad bow. I've killed nice. two with a recurve and three with a longbow. And um, man, the, the longbow is kind of my deal now. You know, I'm shooting a, a 50 pound uh, JT traditional archery custom longbow, and uh, my arrows weigh about 535 grains, which really is not super heavy. Some of these guys shoot 650 grain arrows. Uh, it only shoots 159 feet a second. But I can promise you, at 20 yards, it's going to blow through and out the other side, stick in the dirt. You know, we're shooting 175 grain, 160 grain, super razor sharp, you know, salmon broadheads. Oh, um, yeah. Come on. Tree shark. Yep. That's, that's what, Come on. That's what I shoot. That's what I shoot. And, uh, and honestly, I saw it. You know, I, 
I started with Magnus Stingers, um, and they're good broadheads. I'd say if you don't want to sharpen them, the best thing to do is just get some uh, Magnus Stingers, 150 grains. I mean, they're freaking razor sharp. You can shave the hair off your leg. I mean, they're not, you know, scary sharp like you can get on, um, you know, like a ceramic rod. Uh, I sharpen mine myself and then strop them with a leather strap. But, uh, I mean, you need that because you're not shooting 300 feet a second like the compound guys are, you know. It's, you're shooting 158 feet a second. But I'm telling you, the, the adrenaline rush, when you see a doe, and you, it's just it's hard to describe, man. I can sit here and say it over this podcast, but until you do it, it just takes so much. Like, with a compound bow, you can pull it out a week before the season, shoot it 15 times, climb a tree, and kill a deer. Unless you just have a horseshoe up your ass and you're the luckiest person in the world um or you're just literally that quick of a learner you're not going to pick up a trad bow without really putting a lot of reps in in the backyard every single day and kill a deer you're just not and uh it's just fun man it, i mean i missed <laughs> i missed all kind of shit when i first started doing it like i was i was shooting you know, a freaking golf ball at 20 yards in the backyard, and I took it out, and the first deer that came under me, it was 10 yards, and I whiffed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's hey. different because it's, you know, it's you forget, you get so jacked up, but man, yeah. once you become successful with it, I you bet. just won't want to go back. I mean, unless I tear my shoulder up, and I just can't pull one back, uh, oh, I'm man. never going back, dude. I don't even own a compound. I sold it. Uh, a lot of people oh, mess man. with me on, on my Facebook and they all make fun of me and they give me shit and I don't care man I love it I I get jacked up dude I kill I, I killed a little seven point last year I've seen uh, my flow. and man I where at in Georgia full speed. yeah it was in Georgia it was running full speed grunting every single breath chasing a doe I drew back I don't even remember aiming at the deer or anything I just drew back picked the spot and I went eh! and when I stopped the thing I had to shoot down through like a little sapling and I shot and I watched that arrow go right where it was supposed to be right where I was looking, oh. and, was looking. and man when that thing ran off the blood was just pulsing out both sides and I'm like I'm like man if I die right now I'm like this is the best day of my life I mean but you know it's just when you put all that time in and, and you shoot one, and the thing is, the feeling you get, you're like, man, I got a piece of wood, a string that's made out of freaking, you know, back in the day, they made out of, you know, horse hair and stuff like that, and, and a sharp stick. I mean, that's it. And, you know, you just killed this 170-pound animal, you know, and you got all this good organic meat you're going to provide your family with, and it's just, I don't know, man. It's I would tell everybody to at least buy a trad bow. Just to keep it exciting. I mean, there's no way that those guys that hunt all those big bucks, there's no way in hell that it's fun for them to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and go fly somewhere and not fill a tag. There is no way they can say that's fun. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's just the, the traditional bow thing is, you know, I wouldn't just tell somebody to get into it if you haven't killed a lot of deer. But if you kill a lot of deer and it's like, all right, man, come on, you know. Let's keep you it fun. You got like a freaking fiber optic sight. You know, you're dead on at 30 yards or less. You kill tons of deer every year. Like, give yourself a little bit of a challenge. Like, it'll, I'll tell you this, 
I got some friends that do both. They try to bow hunt and they use compound, and it's made them a better compound hunter because you have to get so close. I mean, I can't tell you how many deer. I mean, I sent you some videos. I only stand a yeah. deer that were so close that most people are like, "Man, I shot that deer at thirty yards." Well, I'm not going to shoot. I'm comfortable to twenty. But me personally, I don't, I'm not going to shoot at one over 15. That's just me. I know that at 15 or less, it's Smoke. muscle memory and it just takes over. Um, so you handicap yourself, but you get, you get to see so much stuff, man. It's just unreal. It's, uh, I don't know. It's fun, man. It's unreal. You just got to try it. I bet one of my buddies, he, he wrote this, Nathan, um, he wrote, he said he, heard of you and, and he really liked it thought you were a badass it says traditional is the most challenging way to hunt that's why most people love it takes takes you back to your ancestors yep that's true and, and honestly man when you really practice with it you can be so deadly with it i mean i'm telling you i'm if it's if it's 15 yards or less i'm pretty confident i'm gonna kill it you know um you know, I don't want to jinx myself because I've had a pretty, I've only been doing it like three years and I've had a pretty good track record with it, but it's because it teaches you patience. It teaches you that I got to let this thing get really close and it teaches you how to really set up on deer too because you got this big ass 60 to 64 inch longbow in the tree stand. So it looks like, you know, you look like Cupid up there hanging from the tree uh, yeah. You know, or even, even a lock on, you know, and you got your harness on. So you look like an idiot. You're moving this big old thing around. I mean, it's, so it really teaches you how to set up on here. And, uh, I, I'm just speaking for me too, man. I'm not like trying to convert people, but I'm telling you, it's just so much fun. You can't even imagine the fun you'll have doing it because when you shoot a 55 pound yearling or whatever, 60 pound yearling or 80 pound doe or scrub buck, it is so hard, and when you're successful with it, it's just like when you lay that thing down on deer, and you're like, I literally took a piece of wood, a string, and an arrow, and I killed this. I didn't use a rangefinder, you know. I didn't use a damn. Uh, I didn't use a freaking uh, what is the shit called? Ozonics, you know. I didn't put buck piss out and do all this stuff. And it's just there's something about taking a piece of wood and a string and three arrows and a quiver and going way back on. Some you know, feed tree somewhere, climbing up. It's just you're at peace, man. You know, you freaking talk to God up there and just enjoy it. And, you know, you see the deer come out. When you're successful, it just takes you to another dimension. I can't really explain it, man. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, the guys that do it get it. Um, when I, you start spending some time with people that traditional bow hunt, and they really appreciate the smaller things in life. And the same thing with fly fishing too, man. I think that's why I'm drawn to that too, is like, you know, you caught all these fish and you know, everybody sets goals, right? You're like, I want to accomplish a goal. But once you accomplish them, then what's next, right? You try to shoot something bigger. And it just doesn't get fun. It becomes like a job. Um, and the traditional thing is just, uh, now I've got a couple people into it. Uh, I know a lot of people, uh, I know Ricky Bullard, he's got a YouTube, uh, channel him and i kind of got into it at the same time and he he shot one on camera he shot six point on camera and yeah i saw I it by his house all the time and you know we build arrows and hang out and stuff like that and we saved all of our turkeys this year our, our wings so we're literally going to make all of our feathers from the turkeys that we killed this year man that's sweet. So all the, yeah so all the, the so when you're sitting there hunting them deer 
and, and Man, you that's shoot sweet. a deer, you can remember that you're literally using the feathers for your fletchings, you know, that you till the turkey. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I understand. Yeah, it's just cool, man. It's uh, it's like tying your own flies too. You know, you tie your own flies and yeah, I got. Pretty cool. I got right. this hat. I got this hat that I shot my first deer in, man, and pulled the picture up and showed my wife the other day. I said, "Look, I still got this hat, dude. It's all it's all dingy. It's got little uh, orange. I hung it on my deer. That little mount you seen behind me. That was my first deer. Yeah. I shot it uh, with a bow and arrow. JT put me on a, a spot, man, and I finally had a deer come in and he ran past me. Smelled the dope piss under me. Ran past me again." And then he ran off in the wood line, and I went ahead and drew back and shot him at 20 yards when he ran the, uh, one more time and stopped right in front of me at 20 yards. I, I, I drilled him. But, Unbelievable. Yeah, so that's how I got hooked into it, man. And, like, I understand so imagine, imagine what you're saying. Imagine that feeling, right? But imagine doing that with an arrow so slow you can watch it. You can watch the arrow, the perfect arrow, because remember, you had to build that arrow. You can't just go buy it. You had yeah. to tune that arrow. You sat out in the backyard. You cut half inch off, half inch off, quarter inch off. You changed points. You know, you sat there and you glued the, the fletchings on, and, you know, you did everything. You sharpened your broadheads. I mean, you made them so razor sharp, you shaved the hair off your leg. You shot your broadheads. You took them out of the hay bale. You resharpened them. And uh, just all this hard work and effort, and then you know, then you got to get the deer, you know, 15 yards or less, and then the deer comes in. You shoot the deer, you kill the deer, and uh, it's just one of those things. It's it's just an unbelievable feeling, you know. It's uh, it's hard to describe. Yeah, man, I can, I, I, I'm trying to put myself in that position because I really like the, the finer things in life to me or the simpler things in life, and I'm really trying yeah, well, to go really back try, and man. live I mean, like I that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely – I ain't one to waste time, man. I ain't one to waste much time, so I'll definitely take you up on that if you're willing to offer. But I, I want to, you know, just really – just talk about how how uh, inspirational too some that you have been too man. Just watching you following along, you doing fishing. You're a good family man, you know. And just the simpler things in life, you know. The simpler things in life is is the traditional way. It's not just hunting and fishing. It's more of a lifestyle, man. And I I strive every day, you know. I strive every day to tap into that. I think and like my grandmother would sit and talk about, you know, the birds are out there making noise. And, you know, just from Georgia, from South Georgia, picking, growing up and, and pulling uh, tobacco and doing all these different things when she was a kid. You know, just I feel like sometimes I'm I'm an old soul and I was born in the wrong time frame and stuff. So I understand yeah. tapping I, into I, that. Same thing, man. I, you know, I, I just got back from the Keys. I, I know we're talking about hunting, but, you know, I was out there pulling – Poland, you know, and I have my captain's license and I did a little bit of chartering at one time years ago, back when I was in the bass fishing world and uh, I'm like man, I, I missed my calling, I'm like you know, I'm doing this pest control business now it's 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 doing good you know, I, that's kind of like for my day job, you know, what I do is uh, I've been doing it about 15 years now and I now work for myself, but work for a couple big companies here in town and I'm like, man, I just feel like if you can find a way to make your living in the outdoors somehow, 
even if it's not a ton of money, just think of how happy you would be, you know. And I do love my, I love my business. I love building my business. But I was there for a week, and I got up every day. I never ran one day, you know, because I'm a big workout guy. But uh, I, I took like a, you know, a week off, and I just pulled the flats and. You see the sun come up, and you see tarpon rolling everywhere. Oh, and I'm man. like, man, there's people that get to do this every single day for a job. And I'm like, they may, may not make tons of money and live in like a big, lavish house, but it's just like you said, it's the simplistic lifestyle. And I think with fly fishing, is a lot like traditional boat hunting. You know, you're trying to make that 30, 40-foot cast. Well, with, a, with conventional, you know, tackle, hell, if you set it up right, you can cast 50, 60 yards, you know, but... When you fly fish, you're literally hunting fish, and the traditional thing's the same way. You know, you're you're trying to get extremely close, and um, I don't know. I would urge everybody that listens to this: just challenge yourself. Look, try something new. Like, if you killed a bunch of deer, unless you just are still mad at them, and and I, and I don't know about you, but I know you're kind of just getting into it. But you'll get to that point to where it's like, okay, I've killed enough stuff. Um, you know, I want to focus on, and maybe it's the big buck thing, you know. For me, it's not. Uh, I have two kids. I work a lot. I mean, there's day, times I work seven days a week. So when I get the time, I'm going to hunt. And I'm going to shoot something. I mean, I'm not, you know. <laughs> I walk, let, no I've walking. Had, hey, dude, I've had years to where, um, and I do this every year, and I'm going to quit doing this. Um, it paid off this year. Um, and I let some stuff walk. And I ended up killing that nice seven point, which I mean, it's a baby to most people, but for a stick bow, it was a really nice buck. Yes, sir. And uh, I mean, to most people, they, they probably see ten of those in a day on a manicured private land club, and they see ten of them every time they sit. Um, we don't hunt like that down here. To go out there on public land, no feeders, no nothing, compete with everybody else, and find that deer. And I saw him a couple times, and I finally, you know, killed him. It was, a, it, was, it was a hell of a rush for me. But, you know, my point is, is like, I let some deer last year on my private land lease. I never killed, all I killed was some does over there. But I let two really nice bucks, I actually videoed them. I think I sent you one of them. Um, I uh, was sitting there and I had a rifle in my hand because I do still rifle hunt. Um, I don't really care for it, but it's just everybody in my club. I mean, we have a small little club it's just me and my dad and a couple buddies um and you know it's 500 acres and uh we got some nice deer we, we haven't killed one yet but we've seen them well my, my buddy's killed a pretty nice one he's killed i think like 115 inches he killed a pretty decent buck um but we got some hammers on there and i let a really nice eight point that was chasing a doe uh and i had i was sitting with both a lot of times i go to stand with both <laughs> i take my traditional bow and my rifle because if there's going to be a deer that comes in 20 yards or less, uh, a big buck hunt's going to turn into a doe hunt really quick. <laughs> um, I promise you. And, uh, you know, I had my bow and I had it in my hand and his buck stopped at like 40 yards. And I'm like, man, I should probably shoot this deer. So instead of picking up my rifle, I just videotaped the deer running off. And I showed it to everybody when I got back. And you're like, Kyle, oh, nice buck. You know, that buck was probably over 100 inches. You know, he was 18 inches wide. Why didn't you shoot him? And I'm like, I just, that whole mentality of like, oh, I got a rifle. You should let it walk. Uh, and I didn't shoot it, man. And I kicked myself in the ass because I only filled one buck tag in Georgia. Now, I did do pretty good on the does. Um, 
but you know, I, I, I killed two last year with my, um, with my stick bow. I killed a big doe on my property and then, uh, I killed that seven point on public land, but I let a ton walk on public land because I had a lot of bucks around me. And normally I just whack them and stack them, but I was good on deer meat. So, no, man. but the last couple of weeks of the season, man, we go up and, uh, it's just doe patrol. You know, we, uh, usually have like my, my nephew who, um, you know, lives in Tallahassee, he'll come up, and I bring my daughters up there, and, and my buddy Jared, who's in the club with me, he'll come up there, and he'll bring his wife and his son, and it's just a family affair, man, and we just, we just whack some does, dude, like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you're allowed 10 of them, so, uh, you know, we, uh, we, you know, I think that last weekend, we shot like seven between all of us, it was a good time, you know, That's nice. and uh, just good, clean fun, you know, legal, clean fun, and, uh, you know, it was cold, so we were able to just literally hang them up and skin them, and it was just it was just an awesome weekend, man. A great way to uh, close out the season. For sure. And, um, so I, I still do gun hunt, but man, I would urge you know everybody to to try it, to try it, man. At least once, like you can spend a hundred bucks, okay, buy that black hunter. Um, it comes with a string. It doesn't come with the best string. You can upgrade a good string. I mean, strings are cheap, they're like twenty five, thirty bucks. You can put a good string on it. You need a couple beaver balls to silence it. Those are like $6. You can order all this on Amazon. Um, and then basically, you get some raw shafts. I would recommend a 45-pound bow, like I said, um, and a 500-spine full-length arrow, a 100-grain insert, and just shoot it. And, dude, sometimes you'll get lucky. I've literally had arrows um, I've had really good success with the, I, I, everybody on here probably knows where Green Acres is. Um, I've had good success with the, uh, Victory Arrows that basically that's the Green Acres brand. Um, you know, I've had those 500 spine arrows full length, uh, with a hundred grain insert, um, and a 150 grain tip has been almost perfect just a touch weak and you might have to cut a few inches off the back once you cut a few inches off the back um and you get it flying straight you just fletch it and you're ready to go man that's it and uh the cool thing is about trap bows you don't lose your arrows when you shoot at something because it doesn't have that much power so if you miss a deer uh it just sticks in the dirt you know you don't lose it um it's 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 cool um I'm really digging it. I'm, I really appreciate you breaking that traditional thing down with it. That's what this episode is mostly going to be about. And that's what we're all, all me and all the buddies are kind of trying to get into that. So, uh, yeah, we might get with you, man, and go out to the to the range. And we're, we're probably a couple of us at least will probably get some before the season starts. And maybe me and yeah, Nathan or somebody is, will go it, out I there mean, with the you. Is, even, even if you don't hunt with it, it's just fun, like, to switch it up in the backyard. You know? For like, sure, for it. sure. Um, now I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the bows I have are, I mean, I have pretty nice ones. I'd say like a mid range bow. If you wanted to buy a bow that would probably be the easiest to learn off of, it's still considered traditional, um, is like the bear bows. You can get a good, like a bear. Um, I've had a bunch of them. I've sold most of them now, but, uh, because I, you know, I got into the whole, I got to buy a $1,500 custom bow just like we all do, right? But honestly, man, uh, the, the bear bows are just nice bows. And um, you can get them for like anywhere between $3.99 and $500. And uh, 
they have great warranties. They ever break, you just send it back. They'll send you a new one. Um, and you can just pass them down to your kids, man. I mean, you can go on eBay and buy bears from 1965, and they literally shoot just like the brand new ones. So that's the beauty of the traditional uh, bow is, you know, the technology hasn't changed. I mean, with a traditional bow, the, the only thing you're really paying for with a custom bow is like uh, micarta and the risers, um, you know, antler, you know, tips, uh, overlays, um, you know, stippling and the grip. Like, it, it's like a piece of art, you know. Um, but they all do the same thing. It's it's wood that's laminated as glass with resin and it's got string on it. <laughs> so there's not really a whole lot to it. It just depends on um, what, uh, you know, what you want. But I, I will be honest with you and, and tell you that if you spend a little bit more money and get like a bear or something like that for, um, you know, more like that 300 to 500 range, you will be more satisfied. But dude, I started with a black hunter. My buddy started with a black hunter and you can definitely kill deer with a black hunter. I mean, it's, and the thing is, if you don't like it, guess what? You didn't invest a ton of money and you can just sell it at the garage sale for 80 bucks or you can give it away to somebody who wants to get into it you know um and it's good as a backup bow too so you buy a black hunter and you get into it and you set it up and you get proficient and then you you know come shoot something like i got and you're like man i want something like this you know this is nice it's smoother um so you keep that other one and then if you go on a trip somewhere and you break your bow or something like that happens which is super rare but it can happen um you know, you've got a backup. Yeah, you're still um, hunting. Yeah, and the cool thing is, too, is you can unstring them. So it's not always strung up. You can unstring it, and it's this little, you know, it's just a piece of wood, basically, at that point. So there's just so many positives. Um, you don't have to worry about shit rusting. You don't have to worry about knocking your sights off. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, my bow's out of square or my, my rest isn't working or my D loop, uh, broke off. You know what I mean? Like all the shit that you have to babysit with a compound bow, you don't have to with a traditional bow, man. It's a stick and a string. It's just a, a very simple approach. And man, they are deadly accurate. I'm telling you, um, like I said, I'm not bragging by no means, but I'll you can come by anytime and I will freaking put three arrows in a baseball at 20 yards. I mean, you know, and most guys, can't do that with a compound bow at 20 yards but it just teaches you discipline and you know form is the big thing so it's i mean i could harp on and on about trap bow hunting i mean and i'm by no means an expert i'm pretty new at it but i've hung out with a lot of guys who who have done it for years and it's just you know it's you never stop learning uh it's, it's just a lot of practice you know but it's it's just so much fun dude it's uh I mean, look at Ricky's YouTube channel. He's got a lot of YouTube videos of him doing it. And um, Yeah, Ricky's cool people, uh, man. I've checked him out. Yeah, he's, he's he's a good dude. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He is, man. He, uh, you know, he, he hunts a lot. Um, it's, you know, but he, he switches back, though. He's kind of not. I think this year he's finally going all in. I, I think he said, in, I but, think uh, he, he was talking about it on a podcast. I think he said it. Yeah, he, he went, he, he shot, uh, he killed a lot of stuff, man, with a lot of hogs. And, um, and yeah. then he kind of went, uh, you know, back to his compound 
when he, when he did some travel trip, which is, and you know what, man, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a good hunter, whether you put a spear in his hand, a compound, a rifle, whatever. Right. Um, he's a good hunter, you know, and that's all that matters. And you know, you do what you like. I mean, I know people that only gun hunt in South Carolina, and I don't judge them. That's great. We're yeah, that's what hunt. people like doing. Some people like that. It's legal, man. Dude, uh, go thing, man. My dad is just just bought a bow last year. He broke his leg and he never got to kill one with his bow. But all he did was kill deer with his crossbow at first. And uh, you know what, man? That's okay if you want to hunt with a crossbow. Right. Um, it's okay. We hunt some places that are archery only and i got friends who have wounded a bunch of deer and uh they're like hey kyle i'm buying a crossbow this year i'm like that's great dude like uh i feel like it's a rifle you know to be honest yeah but still if it's fun it's fun i don't care if it's legal yeah why not you know do it so that's that's kind of my thing but for me um it's just fun man it has nothing to do with like I'm better because I'm doing it. I don't need training wheels. That's what a lot of track guys will say. They'll say like, oh, you need training wheels, you know, with compound and all that. I, you know, I do think once you start, you know, hunting with a traditional bow, you do kind of look at like the crossbow thing and the compound thing of like, it's not archery. Um, and I see why. And it's only because when you start shooting the trad bow, you really learn about, like the mechanics, the form, the arrow flight, um, just everything that it takes to be a bow hunter. Um, but, you know, if you've never been brought up that way and all you've ever shot is a compound, you think that a compound bow is archery. So in, in my I mean, in my personal opinion, um, if it's got an arrow, you know, it's archery. Um, crossbow, I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. But you know what, man? There's a lot of people that have disabilities and stuff, and they can't pull. Correct, back. and whatever's fun and floats your boat, man. You know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you can't pull a boat back, keep hunting alive. Why, you know. Why are you gonna hate? Why are you gonna hate on somebody who still wants to enjoy the same Dang thing? That we do? Right, and they might be fun like that. Some people might just get a kick because it's a crossbow, dude. Some people just got a fetish right, with a crossbow. Right. What about they might, them? They might think that they might think that's the that, coolest uh, thing ever invented. Medieval, yeah, maybe they're medieval type or something. You know, uh, hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I ain't gonna keep you all night, man. I I really appreciate you. I feel like we got a good episode here on some good traditional stuff, and I learned so much already. Yeah. I really yeah, I feel like I too, like with the fishing too, man. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I do a quite a bit of fishing, and uh, it's the exact same story like almost verbatim as the traditional bow hunting of course i had fly fished a lot growing up anyway um but i was right near covid the exact same time and i literally was just like almost then just like a depression man like you know the things you love to do are not fun anymore and uh i picked up a fly rod and it took me a year to catch redfish on the fly and when i finally caught one i was like all right i'm gonna try to catch everything now and uh as far as like the inshore flat species, the only thing I have not caught on my fly rod yet is uh, a permit and a sheep's head, like that you can catch inshore. I mean, obviously we're not counting like pelagic species, like you know marlin and king mackerel and all that. But I know I've even caught a flounder on it. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask fly, about the, the flounder. Fly, the fly fishing is fun, man. It's it's just it's just fun, you know. 
Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It's funner. It's funner. You're actually doing something the whole time you're fishing. Yeah, and you did some of that up in Carolina this year. No, I went to North Georgia, bro, where I really, really uh, love it up there. My heart. I thought it was Carolina. My heart. So I went up there too, but I, I went to North Georgia and fished in the Amicalola State Park. They got a little oh, yeah, fishing. Good. Yeah, there's some big trout in certain areas, man. So I fished the Tacoa River. Yeah, I, I know where that's. Yeah, we looked at that too. Yeah, the Tacoa. Yeah, so the Tacoa River is real good. And actually, man, um, I don't know the guys. I kind of plug them though. If anybody's listening, they really want to go on a good fly fishing charter, which I would recommend if you go back. It's called the Cut uh, a Fishing Company. I think it's like 400 bucks. I know that sounds expensive, but I mean, it's, it's memories that last a lifetime. You can go fish private water up there to where like nobody else can go to. And I've never done one of these trips, but I got a couple friends that have, and I will be doing them. Um, I mean, you know, 400 bucks, you just pull a couple overtime shifts and save your money, you know, or just find something in the garage. You don't need to sell it on marketplace, you know, but um, man, it's just, they catch brown trout. I mean, you saw the little trout you were catching. Imagine catching a 25, 26-inch brown trout. On yeah, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's a giant, you know. Um, I've never caught one that big. I've caught some 16, you know. That's a nice 15, one. 16-inch trout, which are big. Them tarpon. Uh, what was that biggest tarpon you caught? Too, like, yeah, I've caught. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we catch tarpon. I'm talking about freshwater right now. But, yeah, tarpon. I just got back from the Keys and – uh I caught 33 tarpon on the fly, man. It was an unbelievable trip. That's crazy. Um, and I took my daughters and let them strip some in. And, um, you know, one of these days I'm going to get a camera and actually start really filming it. I mean, I actually just filmed all that stuff on my iPhone. I put it on top of my console and just hit record and just, you know, I'd get three or four minutes of video and I would literally just edit them down to like, you know, 45 second clips. Um, and just upload them to my, my Facebook and my Instagram. But, uh, I mean, a perfect world, I'd love to, to do like a YouTube and just, just kind of document some of the stuff just to show people that, Hey man, like it's, there's fun things out there that you can do. And, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, like just the status quo. I mean, that's the thing too, man, with the fly fishing, traditional bow hunt, it's not a numbers game. It's more of a, it, hell, it makes you slow down and experience. really enjoy what's around you. Yeah, it's you know? more of a moment and an experience type of deal. Yeah, it, it is, man. Like, okay, for instance, we'll take where we live here. If you went out with me or anybody else and you're like, we're going to go red fishing. So you're going to go get some live shrimp or some mud meadows. Let's just say you're throwing artificial. You know, you're going to go out with some jerk baits, paddle tails. And if you caught three red fish, you'd call your buddies and say, yeah, it sucks, man. We only caught three. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you caught three redfish on your fly rod, you'd be doing freaking backflips off the boat, pounding beer for celebration. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different kind of fishing because you're taking chicken feathers and a hook, and you're, you're you know, you're basically feeding that fish. That fish is not just going to eat it because it lands in front of them. You've got to communicate with that thing. You've got to strip it a certain way. you got to wiggle it a certain way. And you gotta you gotta force feed the fish, and once that fish eats, and you learn how to do it, there's just a connection when you're sitting there looking at them in your hand, and you know you created that fly. It's art. It's just like building your own arrows for traditional bow hunting, man. Like you put the time in, you know, you you sat there and, and weighed everything out on a grain scale, and you know you tuned your arrows, and you know you made your own fletchings, you glued them on, 
it's just, I don't know, it's just more rewarding, man. You know? Yep. I get it. I get it because I, I felt it, like I said, even just not using a gun and, and using a bow, I feel like that is more rewarding. So I can understand how taking that a step up would be even Dude, more rewarding. Bow, whether it's trad bow or compound bow, to me, it's just there's nothing like bow hunting for deer, Yeah, it's man. fun, It's just man. an adrenaline rush. It, it really is. is, man. They they get so damn close to They me. do, yeah. I mean, I mean, I get scared sometimes. Me not too. Like scared, but like, they're so close. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't move. You yeah, know? I freeze up. up and they're looking at you, and you're just, you're all jacked up. You know, you're just like, damn, man, you know what? I don't want to move, and, you know, is he going to smell me? And, you know, uh, but but this year, man, I, you know, last couple of years, man, I've been giving the deer too much credit. So last year, I never wore camo one time, and I killed that buck. I, I didn't wear camo. I mean, I did wear, like, you know, green, a green shirt and, like, khaki pants. But right. uh, every year, I just do something a little different. Like, hey, I'm not going to put any scent control on or I'm only going to, you know, wear uh, blue jeans and a T-shirt. And honestly, man, it just makes you a better hunter. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, I've just learned, like, hey, they don't really care about camo. I mean, I'm not going to go out there with, you know, hot pink on or a brown <laughs> on. But um, <laughs> I'm done with, like, buying, you know, turkey. Now, turkey hunting, I mean, I know we're not talking about That's a different story. You yeah, we haven't done another podcast for that. Yeah, you better you better have some bottom land when you turkey up. Another pod, another podcast yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do another one on that because we'll be talking for a long time. But, yeah. uh, but you know, that's a deer hunting man. If you're just still in the tree, um, you know, I mean, you can you, you don't even need camo. You know, you just it's just all about being a woodsman, man, and putting the time in and just knowing how to set it up on. You know. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like I gained a lot of knowledge, man. I think. We're a little bit over an hour here already, and uh, you done told us a lot. Like I said, I, I learned all types of setup for my bow that I want to buy, the Black Hunter with a, I think you said a 100-grain insert with a 150-grain tip. Yeah, I mean, when you get ready Keep to Mixing it, it up. Message, yeah, I'm I'll just saying, send, I learned I'll a lot. Send, I'll just send you uh, just links to everything. I mean, honestly, Green Acres, man, they got – pretty much everything you need but the bow because they don't sell black. They, and they may, you know what? They may sell, um, they've got another off-brand up there because, I mean, Black Hunter, it's just a cheap, unfortunately, it's just a cheap Chinese bow. <laughs> that's yeah, what it is. that's what I started with. That's what I started with from my regular uh, compound bow was a Chinese. Uh, no, it was an iGlow. iGlow, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a cheap, it's a cheap bow. But, but the thing is, is if it doesn't work, you're not out of a ton of money. Right. That's, that's the beauty of it. Um, to where, I'm not going to lie, I've bought a bunch of bows. I bought like seven different trad bows the first year. But luckily, I you know, I got rid of them and I was able to, to I never made money on them, but I was able to, to kind of get rid of them. And uh, so that's why I tell people, buy a cheap one. I'm just trying to keep people from making the mistake that I made at first. You know, like buy a cheap one. And uh, that way, when you don't like it, you're not out of a whole bunch of money. Um, but I think you'll like it, man. It's If you're one of those people that wants instant gratification, don't even waste your time trying to get into it. Okay? <laughs> you're get it. Well, I'm just telling you, you're going to get it, and you're going to be like, I can't shoot this damn thing. And in your mind, you're going to be like, hey, I'm already proficient with a compound. Why am I going to change it up and, and you know try to use yeah, a trap But I'm telling you, it's just – 
Ah, man, I'm telling you, you just got a different world. You can talk about it all you want. Um, I, I, listen, I can't fake this excitement within my voice of me telling you how fun it is. I, I believe mean, you. You just have to shoot oh, it. Oh, I hear you. And, and, and actually see what it's like. And uh, you already know how to hunt, so that's the thing. You don't have to do anything different. The only thing I would say, like, different you have to do is you probably want to be in a saddle or a lock-on, preferably a lock-on. A lock-on is going to be your best bet. For, for a trap, but um, you know, I've killed them. Uh, the first year I did, I killed them out of my saddle. You know, the first year with that little, uh, you probably actually you remember because I remember you messaged me when I was selling that bear super them. Yep. You asked me how much it cost. I still got it because that was the first message you ever sent me. And uh, I killed that deer um, out of a saddle in Georgia on public land. And um, that's sweet. So you can you can even hunt if you use a recurve because they're not as long, they're a lot shorter. You can hunt out of your saddle, and I'm hunting out of a saddle right now. Um, but I'm thinking about selling. I bought the saddle, so I had a saddle. I sold it. I bought a lock on a lone wolf, and I loved it. But it was one of the original lone wolves, and I wanted something lighter, so I sold it. And I bought another tethered, brand new saddle. Like the last couple weeks of the season, I've used it like three times. I'm thinking about selling it. And buying a, um, and I bought the, the XL platform this time, like the bigger one. Yeah. Uh, and it's super light, but man, I just really like the lock on. I like the saddle because you can be so mobile. Um, I wish they made something that was like the saddle. Um, and, and I know they do. I mean, you can get the, the Lone Wolf Custom Gear 0.5, but my God, it's like $600. Yeah. And you got to buy the damn $400 sticks. It's like, you got $1,000 in it. <laughs> I can't do it. I already I got my set up. My yeah. e-bike was two grand. So, I Mine mean, it's, too. Yeah, that's know, too I, it's in, I got I a lot it. in it. You got to pay to play. But at the same right. time, you, know, you got to keep mama happy, too, and the family. So. That's right, man. That's a good thing to end on. So, yeah, man, uh, that's a good point. Uh, leave us with something that inspirational or something to maybe make us go pick up a, a a compound boat or a, a trad boat if you haven't already. Um, I mean, honestly, just I think that if you get out of your comfort zone and challenge yourself um, and do something different, you know, honestly, you, your life will get better for everything, right? So um, if you're willing to, to get out of your comfort zone, and do something different you've never done before. Maybe that'll make you get out of your comfort zone at your job. Um, and maybe it'll make you work a little bit harder and try for that promotion. Or maybe it'll, you'll take a different position that you were scared to take. Or, or maybe you'll quit your job and start your own business. Like, you know, maybe you'll, you know, it'll give you the confidence, you know, like, hey, I was able to, to set a goal and accomplish it. And it just could be a small goal, man. Like, like trying to shoot, kill a deer with trap mode. Uh, but once you accomplish a goal, I mean, it's, it's like anything, man. It's like with fitness, with running. Um, it could be with how much money you want to earn. It could be with your marriage. Hey, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. Um, just, just anything that you can do to better yourself um, and just, you know, make yourself, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because when you fail at something, it's, it's going to make you stronger because you're going to work that much harder to succeed. Uh, that, that's what I would say. Um, not trying to be like some <laughs> inspirational dude, but it's for me. That's that's what it does. You know, it's just uh, I try to do something that I've never done before, 
And then when I accomplish it and you come to like the hard times in life, like it could be a hard time at a job or uh, just, just anything, you know, and you feel like you're at a crossroads and, you know, you're down in the dumps, you revert back to, hey, man, you know, I chose this new thing or I took this new promotion and at first I didn't know how to do it. I thought I was going to lose everything, but I overcame it and I learned it and I, you know, now look where I'm going to be. If I could do this, I could do something else. Um, that, that'd be what I'd leave you with. Just, and you know, you don't have to, you know, necessarily pick up a trap boat, but just anything in life. Just even if you don't think you can do something, just try it, man. Because if you put the work in, you're gonna eventually succeed. You know, it may take you, uh, you know, a couple tries, but uh, you know, hey, you just gotta be good at failing, and then uh, you know, learn how to. You do something long enough, you're gonna end up getting good at succeeding. So I like that. With that. I like that, Kyle. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and probably take it. My mom always said comfort and growth cannot coexist. So you definitely got to get in, you know, unfearful. Go go conquer some fears and, and get out of your comfort zone. Just like doing things for me like this podcast and stuff. It's just everything. And got to always be comfortable, man. You grow by doing things and, and getting out of, out of that comfort zone. So I really like that. And this really been a good episode. I really appreciate you coming on and spending all this time with us, man, and, and teaching us a lot about uh, a different lifestyle that's incorporated, you know, with the hunting that we love so much and the passion that we have for it. And, uh, yeah, man. Well, like I said, you got my number. I mean, just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty busy with the fishing stuff till like at the end of July, but come, come August, man, I, I start, I start getting that itch, you know, <laughs> after August comes September and it's, Usually by September 10th, you know, that deer season's opening in Georgia. So, uh, and, and I usually, honestly, man, we start chasing. I think this year I'm actually going to, as much as I hate to do it, I'm going to chase some hogs uh, in August this year in Georgia. That's I know Rich, Ricky does it a lot. And, uh, you know, we talked about really doing some trips. And, uh, we, we, you know, he invited me multiple times. Some of my other buddies did it too. And uh, I think I'm going to take a on it to go this year. It's just hard for me to do it because it's so hot and it's a hog, but man, it's uh, it's fun, man. It's exciting. Yeah, I seen you and your son just killed one the other day. No, nah, it was my buddy, one of my buddies. Yeah, we went out there and and killed one, man. It's so exciting, man. It's fun. You got especially with that boat. Yeah, I, you reminded me of me because uh, I heard you say, "Don't shoot me." Don't yeah. Yeah. Me that guy, man. I, I'm over there walking through the woods. I don't remember where I was. I think we were doing a deer drive one time. <laughs> I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, don't shoot, don't shoot. I was a buddy of mine. He got buck shot flying through the woods. I'm like, hey, I'm over here. I'm just letting you know, don't shoot me, man. Yeah, that's gonna right. I'm gonna identify myself. I ain't gonna be quiet and let you hit me. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. It done pretty good. A lot of people like that video when I put it up but i appreciate you kyle we're gonna go ahead and close this one out man and we'll definitely have to do us another turkey one for sure we'll have you back on bro yeah do a turkey one i i love turkey hunt man it's uh it's 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 awesome man it's uh it'd be tough to choose between uh turkey hunt and deer hunt man i don't know it'd be a tough one i'm glad i don't have to choose thank god <laughs> all right man we'll we'll catch everybody on the next one man talk to y'all later all right. Enjoy your evening, brother. You too, man. Later.